Welcome to Onward, the podcast where we explore social innovations and chat with the entrepreneurs moving them forward. I'm your host, Daniel Wendt. Today, we're venturing into a realm where cutting-edge technology meets philanthropy. We're talking about the revolutionary world of Web3 tools beyond blockchains as buzzwords and towards blockchains used as a powerful force democratizing access and shining a light of transparency for the nonprofit sector. Today, we're joined by a special guest from Endowment. Endowment is a pioneering platform at the forefront of this transformative journey. Joining me from Endowment is Vishal Kapadia, Relations and Growth Lead. Endowment brings a fresh perspective to charitable giving, leveraging the power of blockchain to make philanthropy more accessible, efficient, transparent. As we unravel this intriguing blend of high-tech and altruism, we'll discover how endowment is not just riding the wave of change, but actively shaping it. So I came across endowment maybe two months ago, and it was one of those moments where I felt the kind of these two sides of me that have been compartmentalized merged. Um, so can you share a bit about what endowment represents in terms of the intersection of philanthropy and blockchain technology and the vision that led to the creation of endowment? For sure, yeah. So endowment started out as um, a community foundation for the crypto world um, in 2020 and obviously has been going since then. Um with quite some gusto and like tremendous innovations all the way through. Um, where we are now is we're looking to kind of be the internet's community foundation. And that means making it as easy as possible to, you know, open these vehicles like a donor advised funds, which effectively is like a giving account for those who aren't already in that space to be able to donate to um, whichever nonprofits in the US or, or, or some global nonprofits, we have about 1.8 million plus nonprofits serviceable through the platform. And um, in the most tax efficient, easy to use, fun to use way, um, that's all tax compliant with kind of IRS requirements in terms of getting those receipts you need. And it's been a it's been a wild journey um, where we can effectively now accept any asset from stock to fiat currency to um, crypto, like as a nod to our traditional crypto routes as well. Um, and everything functions on chain. So all of the um, the back end and, and the infrastructure is running on the blockchain, but now anyone can access it. And what one of the one of the primary innovations also drew me to the project was this ability to be able to take any crypto asset and donate the, um, into a fund on endowment. And then a charity can receive that as, as cash, as, as US dollars effectively, um, through a wire transfer and you know just a bit of communication with endowment. This was kind of fundamental, I think, to our growth and to like, the foundation of, of what we built. And now trying to extend that to a wider audience um, wider assets, wider nonprofits is kind of like where we're where we've been growing and, and growing the software as well. 
So these 1.8 million nonprofits that I can donate my Bitcoin to on your platform, how how do they receive the money? How do they sign up to be featured on your platform? That's a great question. Um, the way that we've set things up is that they don't need to um, reach out to us. So we've effectively set up a deterministic contract address. So um, a wallet, let's say, um, for, for every um, nonprofit of good standing um, in the US, which means that when you, when you donate to them, there's um, effectively a claim pending and we reach out to the nonprofit and let them know that that claim's pending, and then they come and say, "Wow, someone's given given us this uh, capital, and we can use it. This is amazing." <laughs> and that's how the system works, and it's been quite successful um, up until now. So we have the um, contract addresses, which allow you know all of the nonprofits in good standing with the IRS to receive donations in the US, and then we're also working with. Um, a partner global giving to allow us to um, also um, facilitate donations to about 4,000 plus nonprofits globally as well beyond the, the US contingent. Amazing. So in the context of endowments work, how do you see these new kind of Web3 blockchain technologies transforming the landscape of donor giving, uh, philanthropic uh, granting? Yeah, so I, I think it's a really interesting new wave of innovation that's come through crypto and blockchain. And what, for me, what, what really attracts me to the space is it's really exciting. Like People have been very creative in the space and it kind of resets norms in terms of how transactions are done and how people can like in our case donate it's it, it can come from so many different types of assets um and having that ability to donate crypto um in a really tax efficient way to a nonprofit was like kind of what got us here and i think now to be able to donate any asset um benefiting from like what like the best in class web 2 interface where we're trying to build alongside the on-chain infrastructure, which is really traceable, like really shows kind of how the money has come in and, and is going out is really, really exciting. And it, there's there's like some really in interesting innovations that we've also kind of lent into the Web3 world for. So one of the things that we've enacted on endowment is something called the Universal Impact Pool. And that's effectively something which allows people to to, to, to donate and then have their donation matched by the centralized pool of impact. And it operates on the Web3 principles of quadratic funding, which effectively starts to dem democratize the matching of donations so that, you know, smaller donations can lead to kind of like effective votes towards like where the grants will go. So we're able to like um, layer on these sorts of innovations and on top of like this infrastructure because it's so interoperable and still serve kind of the base use cases as well. And as you start seeing donations coming in in crypto, are there any interesting trends that you've noticed as to what the Web3 community cares about, where they care about it? Um, can we track 
any corollaries? No, that's an interesting question. Um, I think there's there's generally like a strong public goods community in Web three. Um, so you know we work with partners like Gitcoin and um, Allo Protocol who who set up the Universal um, Impact Pool um, alongside us on on endowment. Um, and then there's generally like just a lot of public goods and like we we got a lot of interest from NFT communities. Um, and that's quite an interesting and creative bunch. There are also some you know donors who who like to use our software and, and perhaps have a donor advice fund elsewhere as well, but but want to you know have a, a dual experience where they're able to use endowment because of the maybe the penetration, like in terms of the number of charities they can donate to, or the accessibility of crypto, or maybe they like our UX. Um, yeah, so I think the, these are some of the like interesting trends we've seen and you know that that kind of emerges and evolves as time goes by and the, mar- the market definitely affects kind of the feeling and stuff that we also have something called community funds on endowments so we've seen in response to humanitarian crises or, or wars unfortunately in the last few years people have like spun up funds which also kind of like look at kind of humanitarian efforts around like i think ukraine um um situation was 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 like a big big point of uh people rallying uh, so so what uh, one of the aspects there is also that with crypto and and you know digital settlement sometimes that can also occur quicker um than you know sending a check and <laughs> figuring out how to route that etc and so one of the challenges that um philanthropy continually bumps into is ensuring transparency and trust in terms of how their dollars get used. So I'm curious, uh, given endowments blending of blockchain values with philanthropic ethos, uh, how are you leveraging Web3 tech to address some of these concerns around transparency, trust, and what impact has does this have on on donors? So I think where we really over-index is on the transparency of transactions. So like because it's blockchain, you can see how like capital is flowing. You know where what, what assets come from, like particularly what wallet, and then how the swap might have occurred, and then how the kind of how any donations then are kind of given to the charities, and then like that that's kind of where. We excel because of the on-chain kind of nature of what we've built, um, and I think there's just a general like um, question of fund through of like you know what what are the funds used for etc. Like I think it's quite a big ask for charities to like be able to give that information to every donor all the time. So it's not something that we push, but what we try to do, particularly around the universal impact pool, is we start to try and share stories of like what what the charities are doing and. Give that sort of connection um, to donors to show kind of some more of the imagery and some more of the exciting kind of stories of like where where the capital's going and and, and how it's being used. And then what what are some of these stories that kind of motivate you to continue to dedicate your talents and treasures to this effort? Whether it's stories from nonprofits receiving the money, stories of donors giving the money, or stories of impact because of what this uh, these donations have been able to unlock in communities. 
Yeah, so maybe I'm a bit boring in this because like I'm not as uh, buoyed by the the human experience as I am by the like wow we can actually bring this whole class of donors to actually do impact and like and drive impact. So I think you know for me it's a, it's about connecting new ways of donating and like the idea that I don't know to make something possible that wasn't possible before is really exciting to me. So that someone could have a appreciate crypto asset and that could reach a charity rather than just being way like um being hodled or like or sold and 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 tax being paid upon it like that someone has the agency to be able to like direct the impact is is really really cool for me um and then i guess the other side of it is like I really like this idea of any asset to any nonprofit and this is something that we're also trying to lead into like being able to make it as open as possible for people to donate anything to to as many nonprofits as possible, and um, given like um, legal kind of compliance requirements, obviously. So then, maybe you could uh, share a bit about how endowment is uh, democratizing philanthropy in terms of increased accessibility, inclusivity for people with a little bit of money, people with a lot of money, just increasing the range of donors who can participate in charitable giving. For sure. So I think one of the things that we've done recently is um, we've we've made it possible to sign into endowment simply with a social login. So you can use like a regular email address, uh, like a Gmail account, or, or you know, if, if you're more Facebook, like you can basically just do a social login and you'll effectively be able to immediately create a donor advice fund for free on, on endowment and in maybe like a matter of clicks, like one or two clicks. And so then you're getting this kind of product, which used to be the 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 purview of the the ultra high net worth, and and perhaps you are ultra high net worth as well. But um, it, it kind of opens up the community to a, a more diverse group or a, a wider group um, of, of people who can donate and and what gets donated to. Alongside that, we kind of deployed on layer twos as well. Layer twos for those who don't know um, or, or aren't, aren't aware. Uh, are effectively a way to make transactions like much much cheaper. So when you're doing any sort of transaction on the Ethereum blockchain, um, there's quite a high gas component. Um, gas being the transaction um, charge for any any sort of um, any sort of action you want to take on the blockchain with optimism and base so that the, the the two layer twos that you can also access through endowment now um the, these these fees go to almost nothing and um, so yeah it's like not not getting too much into the weeds on the technical aspects but effectively um been able to make transactions really really cheap and really cheap to kind of spin up new contracts which like correspond with these giving accounts like uh, donor advised funds as well so as I've been trying to spread the gospel of blockchain values, brilliance, power within my philanthropic community, I run into a lot of misconceptions about what blockchain is, what Web3 can and can't do. In your experience, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that traditional uh, nonprofits, um, foundations have regarding integrating blockchains in 
how they get their well, work done. I, I think that there may not have been misconceptions, but I think there is a feeling of, you know, so some love tech and some feel that tech is, is something scary and hard to understand. And I think what we really try to do is make it as easy as possible to interface with all the technology that's out there and, and almost abstract it away a little bit so it's just easy to use. So I think where, like, where endowment's been really possible, I think, is in making it super simple to receive a donation as you know, regular nonprofit, you don't want to have to like spin up a crypto wallet necessarily, and and try and understand that whole universe. So we've been trying to, and you know, credit to our designer and, and engineering team, and try try and engineering experiences which are like conscious of the human experience as well. And so, if you're a nonprofit and you've received the donation, um, that you may not have otherwise got, you know, because it's come through um, an asset which. May, may not have otherwise reached you and um, you're able to just get a wire transfer and then start utilizing that capital off and um, so yeah i think that that's been a pretty major um major piece to, to kind of make it easier to accept and then I, i'm not really sure what the misconceptions might be around web3 and blockchain i maybe haven't been as this uh, negative on it so i'd be interested to hear if, if you have any 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 questions that are more specifically as well there's a delicate balance that um, folks in any highly regulated sector, which I think we can consider philanthropy, nonprofits to be pretty highly regulated, um, dealing with these these emergent technologies that are highly unregulated, and that's a lot of the the power and the beauty of and the excitement for me in the blockchain space, just seeing this explosion of creativity that's pushing edges in ways that governments are decades behind. One understanding, two being able to try to put the genie back in the box, um, and I guess coming from the the internal operations of this amazingly innovative organization, like giving a better understanding of how y'all are balancing the the drive to innovate with the regulatory environment in which you are hoping to apply these tools. Can you speak to some of the, some of those tensions? Yeah, like I think compliance is very much something we're aware of and and practice um, with diligence. And for us, it's not an option to do it any differently. So I think for us, like we want to be um, compliant and also um, make the experience as easy to to. To, to manage for our customers on both sides, you know, whether it's donors or whether it's charities. So that's something that's gotten very deeply into the design of the of the of the platform, of the software. And I think um, you know, it, it it's been something that we've had, you know, people who are quite prominent in crypto reference as they're like looking to talk about like the use cases of crypto and like some of the the positives associated with whether it's stable coins or um, you know, as, 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 as legislation advances, people want to understand, you know, what's the point of crypto? Like, what, what does it do? And, and I think we're one of, one of many examples of, of real world application there. Um, so I think, um, no, like obviously like there's enough creativity that, 
that you can stay compliant as well within that, that creativity. So I think um, as it stands, we're in a good space there. Um, and with with the output being, you know, impacts and and charitable impacts, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty easy equation, generally speaking. Well, from my position, perhaps um, well, our COO um, has, has worked hard for me, made me feel that way. <laughs> so, how are you all measuring success? How will you know that your efforts are really changing the world in the way that you'd like it to? Um, well, I have to speak for myself, and I don't know if I can speak for everyone, but like for me personally, I, I want to see, I want to be inspired by my work. And I want it to be um, be valuable, and uh, and I think it goes to, to to endowment as well that it needs to to be creating value for the people using it, whether it's the charities benefiting or whether it's the donors or whether it's uh, people rallying together or, or whether it's the associated communities that we're serving through that. So for me, I think as we empower more impact and and more people are using the platform that that's success and and you know my my role is 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 largely around growth and and integrations with the platform so that 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 marries with what what, what i'm doing day to day and, and what i'm driving to day to day because like i mean we've got a we've got a market 250 billion and in and in, in rising according to the latest npt report and you know 40, 50% of that is uh, with, with a couple of the incumbent wealth managers. So I think you'd imagine there's a lot of space for innovation um, and there's also a lot of space for growth um, because not everyone uses the wealth manager as well, obviously. So, um, yeah, so I, I find that challenge very exciting. Um, when I first heard of Endowment, maybe it was, yeah, Two months ago, and then a few weeks later, I saw a post that said, you know, you can now create your own DAF in three clicks. And so I, I jumped on the site. I signed in with my uh, Google, and before I knew it, I had opened a DAF. And I was pretty excited about it. Um, this has been kind of a, a moonshot dream of mine. You no know, When I make $10 million, I'm going to open up a DAF, and we're going to... Uh, fund scholarships for non, um, non-traditional non education paths. I shared it, and some of my, my dear friends uh, deep in the philanthropic and IT space came at me criticizing DAFs about, uh, you know, DAFs are part of the problem in the philanthropic sector. They're used to warehouse wealth. Um, they're diverting funds away from immediate charitable uses. Which I I understand, and I, I'm I'd be curious to hear your your thoughts on on this. How is endowment kind of evading some of the potential problems that DAS represent in the charitable community? Uh, that's a superb question. Um, we we've structured the site and the incentives such that. We're incentivized for people to grant. So we have like a two-year inactive DAF policy. I think others may have a longer inactive DAF policy. And um, we also 
have very good dynamics in terms of the amount granted out. So I think 73%, according to our, our front page right now, um, is distributed of, of the $59 million, uh, which is kind of contributing to the total impact of endowment, um, which is very high um, in the DAF world. So this is something that we think is, you know, some one of one of the metrics which we're quite proud of and, and we want to, you know, keep going. And then yeah, beyond that, I think Yeah, like I think we really want to incentivize giving and and it's great that we that there's this vehicle, the DAF, which makes it tax efficient and increases the incentives. So I think leaning into that side of things that that is incentivizing people to give where they may otherwise not um and making that as frictionless as possible is a positive thing um appreciate there might be other opinions uh, i was reading the mpt report from last year and and the recent one that was just published and we we definitely do better than um the average for for the amount granted out as a percentage and it seems that DAFs do better than like foundations by by some margin as well. So th there must be a reason why these are these are popular vehicles. But you know, I'm yeah, I'm interested to hear yeah you know, your side of things as well. So if you had a a magic wand and you could change a policy, create a tool, shift a cultural norm that would better incentivize giving. What would you do? You got one wish. Nah, this is me, not endowment. Correct. <laughs> well, I, I always had like um, I actually think the tax is the biggest vehicle for for incentivizing impacts. Personally, like I um, you know, I've been based in Europe for for you know uh, almost two decades as an adult, and um, I think that you know I've been very very involved in public goods in Europe and it's it's extremely inefficient when you see taxpayers' money collected going into a central pot then being distributed out to to research and, and impact pro projects and then those projects having to pay tax um, employment tax and then those people who benefit from that, those funds being taxed on the big it, it all feels very you know so, so I think tax is always a big lever and you know I've seen I've seen that myself. Um, but I think also democratization of philanthropy is and, and empowerment of people to participate is super valuable. And you know, this is where I think the UIP, the Universal Impact Board Endowment, is very interesting. It's a way to, you know, with, with a ten dollar donation, you might see a hundred and fifty dollar match if if uh, the algorithm picks it up that way. And and I think just getting people to participate more and on the on the on the lower end and on the smaller end is it's really interesting as well as on the bigger end having like these large donations coming in and and big support so yeah for me anything that kind of motivates a big community of people to give and, and you know taxes tax breaks as well as those um it is super interesting but that's me I know. as i look out on the web3 terrain endowment really stands out head and shoulders in terms of UI, UX, um, but also in terms of animating the the ethos 
that the blockchain tools purport in terms of democratizing access um, and a lot, a lot of these social good that is so needed in every corner of this globe. I'm curious if there's other Web3 products, tools, teams that you feel are first in class in terms of delivering the the social impact that um, I think many of us come to this space motivated by. Well, that's a good question. Um, I think it's um, a hard question because I think everyone's got different values. Um, well, one of the nice things about endowment is it's a, it's 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 it can fit your values, but it's also somewhat values neutral because it's enabling you know giving um, to whatever you want to give to. So it's it's maximizing agency for the individual donor. Um, or the or the community of donors if if you if you're starting a fund with with others, um, I I see you know a lot of work around climate change and and there's a lot of the, this whole refi community. I worked in that space a little bit as well and and like I think that there's a lot of interesting innovations happening. Um, for the social good, you know, it it gets hard because. There's so much going on, and there's so many different value profiles and and ways to measure good. Um, so, we recently applied for the retro PGF of optimism. That means it is really interesting, actually. This is something I'm personally quite interested in. So, we applied for funding retroactively from this protocol that does funding retroactively. So they have like. As treasury where they'll allocate capital to projects that they think have already enacted and the vision that they're trying to carry out. So rather than giving grants, they also give grants, but rather than just giving grants for forward work, they give retrospective grants based on what people have already achieved to kind of incentivize people to build, you know what I mean, or to double incentivize. So that's very interesting, like the, the optimism community um, the Ethereum community in general, I think, are very motivated by a lot of open source principles. I've seen a lot of talent move into like Ethereum or derivative like products and protocols over the last four or five years. Um, and it's really interesting because you see it from the finance world, from the tech world, um, and, you know, in in our organization also people who might otherwise be working in, in the philanthropic world perhaps so yeah i think there's there's quite a lot of um levers and 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 like good projects and 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 good things being built i don't know if i'm the arbiter of truth of, of what's 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 good or bad but yeah yeah and um, those those are a few snippets excellent thank you thank you and so looking forward um what's your greatest aspiration for endowment as you hope to reshape charitable giving, reshape philanthropy? Um, I think growth is always great, you know, because it empowers us to do more. So the more, the more customers we can attract and the more impact we can facilitate, the more we can really do with the platform. And I think, you know, the tools we're building can have like wider applications as well beyond philanthropy. So I think 
I think it's just really interesting to see how we can push out into the space, like create more bespoke experiences for financial advisors, for their customers, whether that's being able to invest in the right portfolios that maybe they don't have access to elsewhere or be able to process the right asset, which is like difficult to digest by another. We want to kind of take away all of these different like friction points to make it just super, super easy to donate and, and like, you know, be compliant and tax efficient and all that. So I think if we can get to a point where we're firing and people like want to recommend us and say, look, we've had this amazing experience, like you said, with the DAF, like three clicks to, to the point where if, if more people are saying that, that's that success for us. Right. And, and, and that'll, that'll breed more success as well. And so I wanted to get your shop on the podcast to hopefully spread the good word about what you all are doing. So for those who heard something that they're interested in, that they want to check out, that they want to learn more about, how can folks uh, follow your work? Where should they Where should they go? Oh, well, you've got to go to endowment.org. So that's E-N-D-A-O. M-E-N-T dot O-R-G. Um, that's the website. That's the app. You can go straight in and, and create a donor advice fund. You can migrate your donor advice fund if you so wish in, in maybe one extra clip. <laughs> um, and uh, I would recommend people to click around. If, if you're on the Web3 side of things, go read the docs, come in the Discord. Um, you can take, speak to us directly there. Um, you can reach out um, by email and you can play around with the tools just like try whatever you want to try and uh, give us feedback we're, we're really keen to hear more um, and particularly if you're just looking for like a tech forward DAF experience and you haven't heard about us before come and come and write us and, and schedule a call with me and uh, be happy to, uh, to help out you can maybe post my email address there if, uh, if, well, I don't know if that's uh, depends on how wide the audience is We'll figure something out. <laughs> Michelle, thank you so much for uh, being with us today, for dedicating yourself to the work that you're doing. Um, last words, calls to action to leave the audience with. Yeah, come come join in. Like, start a DAF on endowment. Like, just play around. Like, you've probably got a DAF um, if you are so inclined to be so philanthropic um, already. And if you haven't, ever done that before do it for the first time on endowment come and try out this this giving account which which people are using all over the world to give and yeah like uh check out the universal impact pool see what we're, what we're doing and and just uh play, play around a bit a huge thanks to vishal and the endowment team for shedding light on how blockchain is revolutionizing the way we approach philanthropy and all their hard work leading this effort within the web3 space it's clear that we're standing on the cusp of a new era one where transparency accessibility and efficiency and charitable giving aren't just ideals but they're tangible realities made possible through innovative platforms like endowment remember every step towards integrating technology in philanthropy brings us a little bit closer to a world where giving is not 
just an act of generosity, but also an act of informed, impactful participation. Thank you for joining us on Onward today. If today's conversation sparked you, inspired you, made you curious, don't forget to share it and keep the conversation going. Let's take these insights and continue to push forward, creating a more transparent, inclusive, and impactful world. Until next time, stay curious, stay inspired, and keep moving onward. Wow. Well,